Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to another episode of Words and Nerds podcast, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. Today, I'm super excited to welcome Rachel Johns for the first time on the Words and Nerds podcast. Rachel is a best-selling Arbia Award winner of the Patterson Girls and a number of other romance and women's fiction books, including her recent bestseller, Something to Talk About. Rachel is currently Australia's leading writer of contemporary relationship stories around women's issues, a genre she has coined life lit, which I love. Rachel has been a finalist in a number of competitions, including the Australian Romance Readers Awards. The Patterson Girls won the 2015 Australian Book Industry Award for General Fiction and also the 2016 Romance Writers of Australia Ruby Award. Rachel continually places in Booktopia's top 50 Aussie Authors Poll. That all sounds very impressive, Rachel. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Danny. I think some of that's like, I feel like I should update my, um, my <laughs> you know, every time I hear things, I think, oh, is that? Bios <laughs> so, are the worst so though, right? for having me. Yeah, yeah, they are. But, um, just write a bio. You know oh. that you're meant to sound impressive, but it's horrible writing. It's I know, like, and I I love the funny ones. I love, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. ones when I read someone's bio and it's just like, hilarious and well, you, you did say here english teacher mum 24 7 diet coke addict cat lover and chronic arachnophobe rarely sleeps and never irons apart from the diet coke addict i'm a chocolate addict i thought i was reading my own bio <laughs> <laughs> oh that's fantastic yes although so i haven't been in like as a gay i said like a fraud i was an english teacher my oldest son just turned 18 like three months ago and i haven't practiced teaching English since before he was born. So oh. I always feel like a fraud when I oh, say that. I think once an English teacher, always an English teacher. I was an English oh, teacher for 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to judge that, Rachel? Who's to judge that? And, you know, chronic arachnophobe, oh, my God, absolutely me. Yep. I've, been, I've been bitten three times by spiders in my life. Oh, I've been bitten by a red back as well. Like, oh. So, yes. Um, so we've, yeah, on the same page. I can't. Like, it was slightly better after that. Like that was about, um, again, about 18 years ago now. I've been slightly better, but <laughs> late legs. No, I can't legs. deal. It's because they're so sneaky. Like when I was a kid, a uh, spider bit me because it was under my pillow. Oh, that's scary. You can't and, even sleep without. <laughs> right? And that's, and that's why like, you can see, you know, like a crocodile coming towards you. Yeah, yeah. But spiders are sneaky. They can hide. So, yes, I'm a chronic arachnophobe as well. I agree. And I'm guessing you're on the eastern states. See, are you are you somewhere where funnel webs are a thing? Sydney? Yeah, yeah. No, no yeah. not at all. I mean, not at all. I mean, I, you know, know that they're not just, it's not like, it's like, you know, Australia, it, Americans think Australia, we have kangaroos running down the main street. And, you know, I know that um, you don't have like 50 million funnel webs mm. you know, just walking around, but I don't know if I could ever mm. live with the possibility. Yeah. <laughs> and where I live, there are brown snakes as well. So it's all yeah. fun and games. Anyway, um, <laughs> thank you for the nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everyone. 
anyway, check under your pillows, everybody, and um, where she's yeah, outside. It's your public service announcement. <laughs> <It's today. your laughs> Check under your pillows. Uh, when, it <laughs> yeah, it'll become such a habit. You're like, oh, damn you, Danny. Yep. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about The Work Wives, your brand new novel. Can you hit me with an elevator pitch? Sure, I'll give it my best shot. I should know <laughs> after being on tour for about five weeks. Um, so The Work Wives, I like to say it's about two women who are as different as Shit's Creek and Downton Abbey. So if you've watched either of those shows, you know they're, you know, they're quite different. Um, and it was inspired kind of by someone just talking about their work wives um, on a podcast, actually. And I'm thinking, that's a great title for a book. And so then I kind of thought, well, I think the concept I wanted to explore was the fact that women or people working together, you know, you often don't, you might not have known each other um, if you're not through work. You know, you may be different ages, different uh, cultural backgrounds, different hobbies and interests. So I really wanted to explore that kind of friendship. So what happens is these two women who are as different, as I said, as Shit's Creek and Downton Abbey, work together. They're best friends, but one's addicted to dating apps, one's sworn off men. One is a single mum, one's the life of the party, one's very quiet and shy. So And then everything's going well kind of in their friendship and their life until a new guy comes into the office and he has history with both of them, one good, one very, very bad, and that sort of throws a spanner in their friendship. Sorry, I told you I suck at this. (laughs) No, it was actually really good. I really enjoyed it. And I was thinking about my own work wife. And, you know, we're very different as well, but it was Mm -hmm. one of those things that we couldn't have survived that time that we worked together, you know, without that work wife support there. So I think you need someone in the, in the workplace, you know, it's always, not always, sometimes sometimes you love your job, other times Mm. there's drama and things going on. And if you've got someone who you can go to and confide in, yeah, understands the same type of job you're doing because if you're friends or partner or whatever, they don't necessarily understand, um, you know, exactly what's going on the ins and outs. And, and mm. stuff. But yeah, it's a fascinating friendship, I think. It is. It is a fascinating friendship. And it was funny. So I was thinking of my own work wife. She, we don't work together anymore, but we are still friends. friends. And yeah. we're very, very different. So that's very cool. I like that. I'd love to hear about other people's work wives too. I think it's a really interesting um, yeah, well, term that's caught on. <laughs> a couple of people, um, uh, that's the thing. I think it is, you know, it's obviously something people had work friends for years and stuff. Mm. But, um, but the term work wife, it's been around for a while, but I think it's lately I've seen it, maybe it's just because I've sort of been more aware yeah, of the zeitgeist, but, you know, a few people <laughs> come to events and stuff with their work wife. I love that. Really That's cool. cute. Yeah. I was actually thinking after this podcast, I'm going to give my work wife this book. Oh, awesome. <laughs> That's what I've been saying to people. Give your work wife a copy. Yeah. You know, book great idea. <laughs> <laughs> now, I really love the term life lit. You know, sometimes these books get thrown into chick lit. And I've kind of always had a problem with that because I just think books are for all people. I don't care yeah. who the protagonist or what they're about. You know, everyone loves characters. Everyone good, loves a good laugh. And so I love the term life lit. Tell me about this. Well, I, again, I feel like a fraud saying it was my term and people, <laughs> I had a publicist um, many years ago now, I think it was when I was right, uh, the Patterson Girls came out, which was about 2015. And she said, well, what do you write? And, you know, when I write rural romance, it's kind of obvious, you know, if I say to you, I yeah. write rural romance, even if you're not a reader of this genre, you know, romance. Yeah. And you know what rural means. So you kind of immediately, you've got a picture. Um, I find the same thing. Like you said, chick lit, women's fiction, you know, they don't really tell you. If I say to someone I write women's fiction, they kind of give me a blank stare and they're like, okay. Um, And like you, I have a few issues with it. So I was talking about that. I'll just quickly say the issues is A, that, yeah, everyone should be able to read whatever the hell they like. And I've got, you know, 
number of male readers um, and I know that many other women writers have male readers as well and I don't think you know that they should feel I've actually had a, you know all uh, readers trolled online because they've said that they like my books you oh know goodness. I say he has to pretend that it's for his mum when he oh, reads oh this is it. awful I, I know I always think so, we're so beyond this and I get so shocked that we're not yeah I know we should be beyond it but you know like we, we just judge so many people and so many ridiculous things so that's one of the reasons but the other reason is what well, was two the other one is it sort of belittles the fiction because it's like it does. Yep. you know marion keys uh, explains it so much better um on a podcast she did a few years ago with booktopia i remember you know um she just explained exactly how it kind of just uh, makes it just a small sort of other yeah, thing you know the rest of the world's not interested in it. it's just domestic realm and stuff mm. like that women's stuff's not as important as you know proper fiction but jokes on them are romance the romance genre is the best-selling genre and it's by in far. Everything. Like, you know, you look in right? movies, kids' books, you know, there's often romance. But but the main reason that I sort of didn't like it is, so those things, yes, but the main one is actually, as I said, it, it doesn't tell you anything. Mm, yeah. You say, I write women's fiction and, and, you know, what? Whereas if you say I write crime, I write romance, I write mm. thriller, I write fantasy, yeah, you're right. you immediately know. And so that's when I was saying to this lady um, and she said, well, what are, what, what are your books about? I'm like, well, they're just like, you know, contemporary real-life kind of issues, Um and she said, what about Life Lit? So she came up with it, <laughs> saying that the last few years I've sort of had a bit of a turnaround and I, Pam Cook um, told me, you know, that she quite likes the term women's fiction mm-hmm. um, because it's about, you know, women, most mostly women writing for mostly women about, mm-hmm. you know, what women enjoy and what women like and what's yeah. important to women and in that way it's empowering. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hmm, so, yeah, I'm on the fence. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have too much of a problem with it as long as it doesn't have that like you said that you know that sort of underlying undermining of the genre I hate any of that you know I think all books are value completely agree you can read books to learn to self-improve to just have fun to enjoy to you know try and solve a crime yeah and they're all okay like read a biography like I read kids books and I read YA and I read middle grade and I read crime like yeah I mean, your what, and your life is fuller and more valuable. Like if you've, you know, rich. Sorry, mm. if you've got all those different genres. Exactly. I think the thing often is there's a misconception about women's fiction and romance mm. that it's because it's often, you know, easy to read. Often called beach reads or you know your your train read or whatever your escapist literature, um, or probably not the usual word literature, but. <laughs> It's a misconception often that it, just because it's fun and easy to read, it doesn't, it may, can't be also more meaningful or explore mm. important issues. And, you know, the majority, not, it's totally not true. Yeah, and let's not undermine escapism. You know, yeah, we've exactly. had a really stressful couple of years and just because COVID is, you know, sort of not like it used to be, yeah. you know, there are other financial pressures we're all experiencing totally. or personal pressures we're experiencing. Like why isn't it so important for our mental health to it escape is, yeah. through whatever it is we want to escape to? So I exactly. often think that it's made quite small and it's actually quite important. So I totally agree. That's why I mean, that's why I read, mm. you know, to enjoy myself and to, it's sort of like, I read instead. I uh, don't watch a lot of TV. Yeah. I kind of um, my reading is my TV, if that makes sense. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm the same. Read, yeah. I mean, when people watch TV, they're usually watching it. Mm. They're watching a documentary or whatever. Like you're usually watching it because you want to kick back and relax after a long day, and that's why I read. So yeah, totally yeah. agree. Escape absolutely. That's has- it. Huge purpose. Well, I know we're changing the narrative one little book and podcast Takes episode time, at a time. But, you know, we'll, we'll get there. I actually think TikTok's had, you know, 
helping things. Yeah, yeah. We're seeing romance and women's fiction books in shops, in Mm. prime spots where we weren't seeing it before because the younger readers are loud and proud. They're not ashamed of what they read. so great. Yeah. I just think if everyone just, you know, did whatever they wanted to do and lent into whoever they are, we'd all be a lot happier other than, you know, looking at what everyone else is doing. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Now, romance is huge. We mentioned that. Why do you love it? Yeah, that's a good, well, I think it is the escapist element and that, um, you know, you can, there's no, there's no quite, there's no experience quite like falling in love, right? Mm, And and most of us only get to do it, you know, one or two or, you know, a few times from, and, and yet there is such a joy, you know, I love, you know, watching romance movies, I enjoy reading the experience. I like, you know, reading other things as, as well. But as I said, to me, a crime novel that has a romance in it, where it really, that's, like adds it to for me I think it's just that it, it makes you happy it makes you smile and it makes you think there's hope in the world um and that you know there are there are people out there for kind of everyone I think every, someone Michelle Dina WA writer said years ago when we did an interview uh for the West Australian she said something like um everyone can relate to romance whether you're in a terrible relationship and you wish you're in a better one you know, whether you are in a great relationship and, you know, you're happy and so whether you're not in a relationship at all, most people want some sort of sort of French companionship and intimacy, you know, so it's something we can all relate mm, to where we don't can't necessarily all relate to, you know, other types of fiction. <laughs> yeah. I Look, I love crime but I, I haven't committed one. Yes, yeah, well, including you know, a murder, so I can't relate to that, but I do enjoy I was gonna it. Say, I haven't committed a murder. I probably, you know, when I was little, probably committed some crimes. You know, oh. like stealing a lolly from a shop. Yeah, look, I'm but sure I've know, gone through an spent, orange I, life once or twice. The speed limit, you know, done stuff like that. Uh, Rachel, I feel like I'm talking to myself here. I'm thinking about <laughs> how many points I've got on my driver's license. Not because um, I'm a hoon. It's because I get distracted yeah, or I totally. don't see. The speed limit. That's the same as me, you know, yeah. And, um, but, you know, I suppose that's really boring crime. You know, no one reads, wants to read a book about someone getting a speeding ticket. So, <laughs> I just feel like that's my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> and working out how are you going to pay for it? Well, no, maybe there is oh. someone gets a speeding ticket, it's a big one, and then they have to commit a crime to, you know, to oh pay my God. the romance ticket. crime novel. Let's do there. this. Yeah. We'll write a chapter <laughs> each. You can do <laughs> the romance, yeah, I'll do the crime. Be great. Um, a, a book with someone else yeah <laughs> that would be fun now why do you think you tell me why you like it and I, I love reading and I love how you said there's nothing like falling in love mm. oh my god like that is so true you know there's nothing like that and you yeah. know what I also like to say that it's not just about romantic love as well although that's true. amazing like you know the first time like you fall in love with your baby you know like when do you make them I think that's you're absolutely right and the thing is I've always said um when people ask me when I talk at events and stuff now as I said it's easy to say the romance but I've realized I am a relationship writer yeah mm-hmm. all my my romances are very much about that romantic love but the women's fiction, if we're going to call it that or whatever you want to call it, life lit, um, they are about the other relationships in our mm. lives, you know, and the, the bond between friendships, the bonds between mothers and children, the bonds between grandmothers, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, all the, every time we make a connection with someone, you know, you really make that special connection and you click with someone. It yeah. is, you know, just It's special because you meet, yeah. you meet so many people in your life and yet you only click 
with a really small percent of them. Yeah. You, know, you might get along with a lot of people and you're like, yeah, yeah they're my exactly. friends and acquaintances, but sometimes you just have that click and you're like, oh, wow. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, this is just, this, it is, so you're right. That's like yeah. falling in love in a way. Yeah, it is. Suddenly, you know, you're like, oh, found my, you know, yeah. my I love other emotions too, I suppose, like, you know, that trust. Yeah. And, um, yeah. You know, dependability and yeah. having fun and being, feeling safe. Yeah. yeah. Being able to be yourself. Like, all yes, that's really important. And yeah. I love the idea of having a platonic soulmate. Yeah. So do I. Like, I, I like the really idea of a romantic one. Yeah. But the yeah. platonic soulmate, I really like that. I like that as well. Mm. Now, I've heard that romance fans are just so passionate mm-hmm. about the genre. Can you tell me about? An experience you've had or heard of or whatever in this because oh. I just I just hear that they're so passionate I love that I love passionate people I'm trying to think of a particular experience I mean I'm looking at my wall I've got like you know some little see it's been put up for a while you know people actually make like little little things for me oh sometimes. that's cute it's some, a little card a little card that's got you know diet coke and all my covers at one stage <laughs> I have, I, you know, I go to places and I got earrings by someone that was with my book cover, you know, oh, I've had wow. stitch and stuff and little things made and bookmarks. So oh, that is cute. I think, you know, there's, but there's probably been other, you know, more <laughs> um, things that I could think of, but it's sort of like a, a general, like a big. I love that. Uh, That's really cool. But I would say, and the whole romance thing, I, I've noticed the difference because obviously I'm not a mathematician, but I think it's called a Venn diagram, you know, where, so I write, let's say general fiction or the and then we've got the romance and in the middle you've got, you know, the crossover of people who read both. Mm-hmm. But I have noticed a difference in terms of readers of general fiction as opposed to readers of genre fiction. So like readers of crime, readers of romance, they are diehard and they will read. Yeah. If, you, if you read rural romance, you read all the rural romance authors um, and you might read, you know, four or five books a week and you buy. Wow. Whereas I've noticed that, and the and the romance community, like other genres of romance, very similar. Um, you know, it's just crazy the amount of books people read and write and and buy. Sorry, and write. There's some people that write a lot, but then I've noticed in say the general fiction more. Um, it's more the people that you know go to a book club and they might mm-hmm. read one or two books a month, or mm-hmm. it's often those the people that read those books of mine. They're teachers and they okay. say the, the summer holidays. That's when they get their reading catch up. Yep. They're not possibly as diehard, um, not fangirl. I would say that's the wrong word, but you know they don't necessarily follow people on Facebook and do all that sort of stuff. Yeah. They love the reading, but I feel like genre readers, specifically romance. Uh, you know, it's it's almost like it's their person. It's part of their personality. Mm-hmm. You know, it becomes mm-hmm. a part of who they are. I love that. I just, yeah. I, I do think though, if you love something, just love it. Love it a hundred percent. You know, like that's totally. So I love that. <laughs> I love that whole culture. Now, I want to know um, writing process. So, has that changed over the years? Are you a pantser? Are you a plotter? Are you somewhere yeah. in between? Good idea. I, don't, I mean, good question. I don't think it has changed that much when I think about it. I'm definitely more of a pantser. Um, I've got some words on my wall here, like some little things to remind myself, like go with your gut and trust <laughs> the magic. Yeah. Because if I think too much about further on in the book or I start panicking and thinking, oh, this don't, this is not going to work, this is stupid, yep. this is, it's contrived or whatever, and I've realised, so I am at the stage that I'm about to start writing another book where I'm, I don't know enough, I feel like I should know more, and stuff, but I have to tell myself, no, the character's kind of, Mm-hmm. You've just got to get into the story. So I'm very much a trust 
you know, build a couple of characters that are, you know, however many characters kind of in your head that, you know, have your backstory, they have really strong goals, which I find hard actually, you know, like some, um, and then give put them in a situation and then just sort of let them tell the story um, and trust your gut, which is scary sometimes because what if you write like 80,000 words and you have no idea how to end it? But it's also I find it exciting and it's it keeps me um, passionate about it because I don't necessarily know what's going to happen and, you know, so I'm as, and I feel like you write a bit like a, when you write that way, you're writing like a reader. Reads mm. um, yeah, so, I like yeah, that. I've yeah. just learned that I've just got to be, I went through a bit of a dark patch a couple of years ago with my writing where I was very, very anxious and I still, you know, I suffer from anxiety a lot regarding it and I do things, you know, to help that. But one of the things that I realised is that I have to have fun. You know, it's not always fun writing. Yeah. <laughs> you know that. Um, but I have to have a passion about the story. I have to love the characters and, you know, whether you love to hate them or, hate, you know, like whatever, if they're bad, obviously you love to hate them. But if they're good characters, you know, I just need to feel they're really fun and interesting people that I want to spend mm. you know, a few months with and I've got to be passionate about the topic or the things I'm researching. So, yeah, and if I've got all that, then I do just sort of trust my gut and and go. And I think, you know, I hear people talk about structure and I, I start panicking, <laughs> uh, but I realise um, it took me a long time to get published, 15 years, and but that was because I wasn't actually really a reader in high school and uh-huh. I started straight after high school and you know we know you have to be a reader to be yeah, a writer absolutely and I think if you're a new writer and you maybe are a bit new to reading as well you know you maybe you haven't been passionate about reading for all your high school life and all your life afterwards you know I think structure can is really important because you know all books do need sort mm. of something to to hook onto to hang um, on to yeah yeah but I think if you are a reader, a real passionate reader, and you read a lot and you've read for years and years and years, which I have now because <laughs> I've been writing for 25 years or trying and all that time I've been crazy reader yeah. and you know, I read the last couple of years I read 100 books a year, you know, I've just, I think then the, st- the structure becomes sort of just natural yeah, to you. Yeah, it does. It's sort of embedded, yeah. that embedded yeah. information, yeah. I yeah. find that with crime too because all, you know, with crime you've got, you know the red herrings if you like yeah. and the loose endings and you've got the surprise and the reveal it's and stuff, yep. yeah and all of that kind of just embeds into your brain after you read enough of it I think yeah exactly and, and then you so- I mean it's quite you know, there's a number of you know really successful authors and successful in terms of you know sales but also reviews and also longevity mm. and a lot of them they write very organically as well, very yeah. like easily. Yeah, I hear a lot of that actually. Yeah. Um, and I love the idea mm-hmm. of surprises. Yeah. You you write like the reader reads. Yeah. And I think that is really spontaneous and that's where you get your best stuff, I think. Yeah, I think so too. You've just got to trust it because it's Yeah, I love that. I love trusting it's hard your gut. To trust it. Yeah. yeah. Go with your gut and trust the magic. I'm, I've just written yeah. it down because I really like it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, self-doubt just comes with being and a Yeah, we all person. need reminders <laughs> all the time. But you just need to remember that because I I do think oh golly I don't know how I'm going to write the next book I don't have a I don't have a plot really but I, I have a core thing I want to write mm. or think, explore and so I think Rachel just get in there and give yeah, it a just go do you it. you've done it before you know it doesn't have to be perfect no one yeah. has to see it we're no. so hard on ourselves we are we and I always think you know the way I talk to myself I check myself now would I speak like that to a friend or about a friend yeah and if I think no I wouldn't I'm like well don't speak to yourself like that 
you know yeah I'm like would I speak to you know my best friend like this of course I wouldn't so don't why am I treating myself like that it's a really it's a constant reminder because we are so hard on ourselves all the time that is very useful you can write that one down (laughs) now circling back you know you said you are suffer of anxiety I can relate to that like I said I feel like I'm speaking to myself yeah (laughs) do you think like this is completely anecdotal but I'm just really interested because I speak to a lot of creative people and I often think that creative people also have a tendency to have an anxious brain this is not scientific this is completely yeah, anecdotal talking to a lot of people I'm like yeah I feel like there's this correlation between creativity and anxiety I don't know is this a thing do you think I'm making it I up? do think it is a thing and um I think maybe when you first start out often you you don't have a lot of voices or other voices in your head apart from your passion to just write and so I think the anxiety people probably don't want to hear this but I think the anxiety can actually get worse the more books you write and okay great (laughs) yeah I've just had one book come out Rachel so thank (laughs) you so much I know I'm so jealous because I love picture books Um, (laughs) I mean or of anyone who can write a picture book but um yeah no I just I do think it must you know you talk to or you listen to I listen to a lot of writing podcasts as well I know you obviously interview a lot of writers and and it always makes me a bit daunted but also happy to hear you know authors who are way ahead of where I am Mm. who still say you know they sit down and they stare at that blank page and they think I I can't do this you know how am I I I don't know what I'm gonna do and I think you know that's scary but it's also comforting yeah totally it's just part of the process absolutely Um, I'm about to speak to Jack Heath who says that 70 percent of his way into any book he's like I'm a fraud I've got no talent I can't write I feel like exactly I feel like Jack Heath and I will understand (laughs) each other a lot as well because 40 books come on it's it's mad and you wish it would go away but I also think it'll be interesting to see what he thinks um that I think it's good. Does yeah. it, you know, if you have too much complacency yeah. or, okay. or confidence, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think self-doubt, the right amount of it, I don't actually know yeah. what the right amount is, but the right yeah, amount yeah. of it I think keeps you doing your best work and keeps yeah. pushing you and pushing you because you'll read your first draft, you're like, no, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough, yeah. and that's what pushes you, hopefully, to do your best work, not as long as it doesn't paralyse you. Yeah, because <laughs> it? it can be paralysing. Yeah, and that's, it can. That's, the, that's where I think then you've got to seek professional help. Yeah. Uh, I did. <laughs> just pick up your pen I have to and yeah. I think I think anxiety is exactly about that you know I think if you're an anxious person it often always sits beside you I sort of see yeah. it that way it makes you actually feel physically ill oh absolutely but I think I think the awareness of getting help when you need it is the most important thing when you're living yeah. with anxiety because most yeah. of the time you're okay it doesn't interfere with your life it's a bit annoying it's yeah. always humming it's there but you need to recognise when it's impacting it your life. Much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and you need to go and do all the things, which seems like we both do. Now, yeah, the big yeah. question, Rachel, big question. Uh-oh. We've had this amazing chat and talked 100 million miles an hour, which has been great. We've stacked a lot in this little half an hour. But the big question, why do you write? Why do I write? Well, there's a lot of answers. This pro- now I write because I, no, I was going to say I write because I can't do anything else. But <laughs> I, I need to pay the bills. But I realised this, actually it's an interesting question. I'm glad you asked this because I had to, re- I really thought about this as well this last year um, because, you know, it's so easy even when you've had a number of books out and stuff to, it's all, and no matter where you are, I think in your writing career or writing journey, it's easy to look at what everyone else has and mm-hmm. think, oh, well, you know, why aren't I selling overseas? Yeah. Why aren't I New York Times? Overseas? Why don't I, you know, rather than, hang on, I wanted to publish a book. I wanted to earn a teacher's wage. You know, I've, I'm doing that. 
And I so I needed to look back and thought, well, why did I want to do that? What you know, I'm probably not explaining this well, but I had, I sort of took a step back and I thought, I don't want to write to get a movie deal. I don't want to write to be on the New York Times. Yes, I need to make money because this is my job, right? But the reason I write is because I love story. I love that feeling of escaping into books and falling in love with each new book. Mm. I love creating characters. I mean, I can't turn the voices off in my head as well, but it's a passion for story and it's yep. a it's a love of deep down that. And I think I had to work really hard to remind myself that this last year. And now I have remembered that that I write because I love story and I love characters and I, I just love creating. Mm. Um, and so I write for me in essence and I yeah, hope that, I love you know, that. Someone, and I, I think yeah. I had to remind myself that really a lot but that's, yeah. that's why I write because I love it. It's absolutely true and I think the best, you know, thing that I've heard, I forget who said it, but the best thing that said, you know, if you are a writer, you will always write whether yeah. you get published, whether you're not because it's this thing that you're, you are compelled to do and there's actually you you sort of crave it so i think it's an excellent so note true. to end on i really enjoyed chatting <laughs> to you rachel thank you uh could have spoken to you all night really next time oh, we'll book in yes. you know an hour and a half or something so good. well thank you so much you have a lovely uh christmas and new year i know thank you so yeah. much love the work wives um and yes however you celebrate celebrate well and safely and eat lots of chocolate i reckon that's <laughs> the way good. to a happy christmas thanks so much yeah, rachel. <laughs> yes no minus though Thank you. <laughs> All right. See you later. Thanks.